0: All hail <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the Tag Your It podcast. And I am Ray Ray. And yet again, we do not have Dave in the studio. And unfortunately, tonight, um, you know, he's Pastor Dave. To people up in Buffalo, and uh, you know, usually he is a very, very busy guy overseeing things, shepherding things um, during these times uh, that we're going through with uh, viruses going around and all this other stuff. You know, there's added shepherding that needs to happen, added oversight that needs to happen. So he could not make it with us tonight, Um, but he said the show must go on, and in honor of that man, myth, and legend, we have done so. Um, I have reached out, and we have two guys. Um, One of them has been on the podcast and the other one has been in the room while the podcast is going on so you didn't see him on the podcast yet but he is on tonight um, these are two guys uh Tristan uh, and Christian crottinger uh, Tristan is also a part of the uh, m Band apologetics or the Missouri Baptist Apologetics network uh, with Dave and I and we'll get Christian on there sometime soon but anyway um introduce yourself guys say hi how are you guys doing tonight
1: Howdy. how's it, how's going? it going man
0: it's going it's going all right. We uh we rest in the promises of God despite and uh, rejoice despite. So that's what's going on with me anyway. So but guys, uh thank you guys again for uh taking uh, your time today. It's it was spur of the moment. Things were happening up in Buffalo, and I had to reach out and thank you um for uh being available and willing um to discuss tonight to keep the Taguret Podcast podcast they're putting putting out stuff out there anyway but you know just to uh give you guys a shout out um tristan and christian have also started a podcast um tell us more about your podcast and so that the tag You're it guys um can hear more about what you guys do and uh what your goals are um with the podcast
2: all right yeah man hey and again we appreciate you uh reaching out to us we always yeah. uh we always in- enjoy a chance to hang out with you guys and especially um help, help you out with your podcast whenever we can um give us uh, an excuse to talk about
3: jesus and yeah, we'll, yeah we'll jump
2: amen and and uh, uh christian and i this is tristan and uh we we run the what's called the real podcast and uh super pretentious name you know we gotta <laughs> it's real man but no it's it actually it's an acronym uh stands for re- religion ethics apologetics logic and life and the uh, those are the things we talk about. We want to talk about the things that are most important with people. And so we try to get guests on and uh, just try to have a conversation, get to know the person or uh, kind of reach out so that uh, they have an opportunity to, um, to to tell us how they feel about it, about um, how they came to what they believe and why they believe it. And uh, so... We say our our tagline is uh we're the podcast for believers who doubt and unbelievers who should. And uh so, so that's pretty much what we're about. Christian, do you wanna say something there?
3: No, that's it. We just wanna make them a welcome, spread their worldviews and we just wanna we wanna challenge them in a good way. And at the end of the day, we always give them a give them a good word. Every every guest we've had on the show has always wanted to return. So
0: yeah, that's the good. show
3: podcast. Uh, give it a listen.
0: Well, that's awesome. So guys, uh, you know, in this time where, you know, if you're like me and uh, your business got shut down and you find yourself uh, having a lot more time, um, there's another podcast other than us and, uh, you know, check it out. It's real and it's with two L's, right guys? Two L's. So it's not real. It's real. (laughs) It's just got two L's. So yeah, check that out. You guys are on uh, iTunes and, you know, all the major podcast app places. Yep. yep. All right. Yes. Sweet. We'll check those guys out too. Um, you know, and that, that's kind of the, the tonight um with the way that it's going um um that's kind of I want to ex- sort of take the tag sort of experience and blend it in with the uh, real the real. I, I don't know. I'm, now that I've said it, I'm going to say it. <laughs> so that the real experience anyway, and just, you know, have that conversational, um, back and forth. Um, and that's what Dave and I do anyway. Um, but just have that, you know, now there's no like guest and opposing view going on here, but we do want to attack, uh, an opposing view, um, and, all while at the same time, um, you know, explaining something and giving something for application. So um, tonight I wanted to talk about expository uh, apologetics, or I also have used the term expositional apologetics. Um, And I want to use that and and speak about that because there's an issue um, that's gone on. I mean, I've had the conversation a few times uh, because I do have a friend on Facebook that is constantly um, posting any sort of comment on anything I post. So it's Seems like you know if he doesn't care, well, he really doesn't look like he doesn't care, or you know, and so you know, so I get, and I know that I'm friends with you guys on Facebook. You see the same thing, don't you?
2: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yes. I've quite a few of quite a few of his posts, or when you post and his comments on there, and um, he definitely likes to show you some love, man.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, so we have an ongoing conversation and there was one thing that came up that it's come up before. And I thought, especially during this time and the last podcast that uh, we had, we did uh, delve into uh, the issues, you know, first and secondary causes and God's sovereignty and human responsibility and all that kind of stuff. So I thought, um, you know, that coupled with uh, after the podcast, Dave and I were talking and he was like, you know, uh, I just can't, it's hard to see past. Um, this whole coronavirus COVID-19 thing, you know, it's just like your mind gets stuck in there. And I was like, you know what, we still need to look past this. And so this is uh, like, you know, it's a little illustration I use with my daughter. Um, But it's just like, you know, if you look in the Old Testament, Israel was always just looking at their hand in front of their face the whole time. And then if their hand wasn't in their face, they're looking so far into the future they miss everything too. And so, you know, what I do as an illustration is I go, you know, Iris, this is what we need to do, you know, instead of having your hand in front of your face and just there, or taking it away and looking out, you know, and in, in our context, you're looking at the promises of God, looking at um, the, you know, the plans in the future and all that kind of stuff that you want to make. And we always say, Lord willing um, to those, but, you know, it's bringing the hand down and looking at the hand. At the same time that you're looking out. So you're seeing what's before you and you're looking out. And so you get that total context. And that's, you know, what we're missing, especially it's getting it's getting thrown out there. Anyway, we're missing like a whole context and just, you know, looking at little itty bitty things. And this is Francis Schaefer anyway. So this is why I wanted to have the conversation is let's look past. Um, coronavirus. Let's look past, let's, you know, there's too many podcasts out there and shows about that. So let's, let's look at something, but still a- applicable. And so I want to talk about a pos- expository apologetics. And then also let's look at the plan that didn't fail. So, guys, um, you know, you guys have the document and anything. And that is a Facebook conversation between me and, uh, you know, the friend of mine, uh, that's on there. And I wanted to speak into, uh, the fact that he believes, that because of the fall that shows and demonstrates that god is a failure and incompetent and so mm-hmm. um, whenever you hear that you know what is that you know what do you guys think about something like that if somebody were to say that i've read the story i know the narrative and he got this god looks like a failure
3: That's yes, the classic uh, problem of evil
0: mm-hmm.
3: and um, every every time you encounter this with someone you always want to ask them why by what standard are are you are you judging this as a a poor example of a narrative by God? It's always easier as as uh, Frank Turk likes to say a lot It's always easier to uh, smell a rotten egg, but it's harder to lay a better one mm. and so I always wonder when when I want to hear those kind of comments, I always wonder uh what what would make a better story honestly I think it's a it's a beautiful story it's it's god's creation it's um unfortunately sin did enter the garden and um, unfortunately it did have to cast um a a a curse onto onto humankind but it's it's a wonderful story about about god's sovereignty and his and his love for his creation and i don't know it's it's hard it's hard to come share the gospel with somebody who isn't going to
2: accept it in the first place
0: yeah yeah Yeah. so it seems like oh yeah go ahead tristan
2: no I, i was gonna say i mean it's just um um honestly i enjoy having conversations with people that that uh you know just for the sake of the conversation and sometimes you'll say something that that moves something, but whenever you're dealing with things like this about the problem of evil and dealing with things issues that are related to this, it's sort of uh you know you can't expect somebody to um to to totally buy into the theology that that is given by God, and so we have to recognize that you know. Everybody has presuppositions. And so, so I'm, I'm willing to admit mine. I'm a Christian and, and here's my presuppositions are going to be based on scripture and they're going to be based on the Bible. And so, um, so they have to be willing to admit theirs as well and then realize that, okay, so we're coming at this from two different points of view. And so I recognize that you're, that this guy may not like the Christian view. Um, but it doesn't make it wrong in a philosophical sense to say that God has all power and that he also, as long as, and the way philosophers would talk about it would say, as long as he has a morally sufficient reason for allowing what he has allowed to happen as a sovereign God, then there is no problem. And it would be almost impossible for them to be able to point out for sure that there is no morally sufficient reason that god could possibly have allowed whatever evil you don't like whatever evil the person doesn't like yeah so so i mean so there's no philosophical problem and and it's not so i just want to talk to the person and say okay so you know it it is a good it is a good plan but if you're coming at it from this other perspective and you say well i don't like that plan i mean i think you'd have to be being unreasonable to say you know to to say absolutely God's plan is bad because I don't like it. I mean, you know, you may not like broccoli. That doesn't mean anything.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Doesn't, and broccoli doesn't exist.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so, you know, just to kind of bring into context before we get into the other little, uh, little, I guess the, uh, technical or, uh, application bits and terminologies and stuff here, you know, let's, let's put this in context, you know, and I, I, I had shared a piece of the London Baptist, or confession, uh, especially during this time. This is very early, you know, like last week or the week before. I have really lost track of time uh, since my schedule has been devastated. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so I shared that and it talked about the plan of God. And um, basically, I just get this, uh, the first thing, nothing reasoned or anything just you know just the usual troll a, a usual trolling remark he's bored thumbing through facebook see something that i posted uh you know apparently there's an a priori nature to it now i'm not gonna like what adam posts so i can say something about it and so then he says why does the plan suck <laughs> he
4: so was, that's he was very boring. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: at least get straight to the point, you know, it wasn't wordy there, but still that that was, that was it. Didn't give any reasons why the plan suck. You know, yeah, we've talked about it before, but it'd been a while. If you're going to want to actually have a conversation and you're not trolling, then you would probably explain yourself. The plan sucks. Again, I have said, blah, 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 blah. That's why it sucks. Okay. You know, have a conversation. But, you know, the, again, it's just a, it's, it's exposing the heart of the person posting about this. So the heart is bad, um, going into the conversation. Um, so I had asked, you know, what is this flaw? What is, you know, why does it suck? What is the flaw? And, you know, then he comes at me again with the, uh, normal, just, you know, vitriol, you know, I've explained this to you several times and you seem to forget as if it's your duty to do so that's ad hominemming. That's nothing that actually is furthering any conversation. That's just exposing more heart and more prejudice against me. In this, but uh, so let's give this the context. Um, Here is, he he re explains it uh, for me. Um, If a God is unchanged by the world, then creatures of the world cannot affect such a being. We could, or we cannot please it, and we cannot displease it. One would suggest a quality of wanting in the God, the other a quality of power in humankind. So, is it true that God, God's being is not unchanged, you know, it, it stays unchanged, he stays holy despite what creatures do? Hmm. Yes.
1: <clears throat> yeah.
0: Simply put, that's what holiness is, he transcends, okay, that is true. And so then he goes on and says, in the Bible's own language... At multiple points, the text describes exactly this a God reacting to the actions of humans. So what is he forgetting here, guys?
2: Well, I mean, we were scrolling down through here trying to get to the page oh. on the on your page here as we were trying to read through it, but
1: <clears throat> I accidentally pushed the refresh button. No. Yeah. Oh,
2: that, refresh. Uh yeah. Um but but as far as as far as um what he's missing, I mean
1: in 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 reading through that, I mean,
2: go ahead and give me a, a little bit of a context there if you could. We were trying to pick that
0: up. Oh, yeah, understand. but yeah, the context is, you know this God is unchanged by creatures and cannot be pleased and displeased with it. So you know he says, if a God is unchanged by the world and its creatures of the world cannot affect such a being. We cannot please it and we cannot displease it. One would suggest a quality of wanting in the God, and the other a quality of power in humankind. In the Bible's own language at multiple points of the text describes exactly this a God reacting to the actions of humans. And so that's just sort of prefaces, then he gets into the fall story, um, but anyway the thing yeah. is, is we do have a holy God, but what is he missing? He's missing the fact that God covenants, doesn't he?
2: Yeah, Amen. Yeah. Yes. So
0: he establishes a relationship. Right. Okay. And, and then, okay, go ahead.
2: No, and that's, and that's exactly right. I mean, the, I, I feeling like that God is in a responding. I mean, if you, if you make God in your image, and in your own likeness, then he's going to be just like you. And and I think there's some assumptions being made about exactly the way that he sees God, mm-hmm. and he sees God in in a way that like he sees himself. And so it's when you make an idol out of something, you're not actually responding to who God says he. And obviously, he's he's not. He he doesn't like the problem. Yes, God's made plans and promises to us through the covenant, and and uh, so. So his holy plan is always good. But whenever you look, whenever you come to there expecting God to be um, a morally capricious, you know, bad guy, you know, then then, of course, his view of God isn't going to be it not going to be what the Bible declares him as.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just uh, I just need to tell all the live folks real quick sorry I don't something is going on that is muting the audio going out to you guys and so I'm just gonna have to sit here and watch and make sure that little uh, it's something's not in the programming or whatever but I got sound back on if you can tell so we are still streaming and for some reason the audio has chosen I don't think I hit a button but I might have on accident. But anyway, we got we got that audio uh, going back out. Then this will be fresh on the podcast for you tomorrow morning. Anyway, so anyway, so so back to it. You know, we have this God. We he he covenants, and so when he covenants, it does establish a relationship. There is a love there that can be um, destroyed. Um, so again, it says the problem begins early. It is that God has an original plan for humankind in Eden a plan so obviously incompetent and one that gives credible reason for the skepticism about the true abilities of this God namely foresight so he comes into questioning um, you know for or well, foresight foreknowledge um, well one he uses the word foresight does he understand what that terminology is does he know what foreknowledge is is it is this is he thinking that the biblical God is just a god that knows beforehand, but this isn't like a foreordination where it's a decree. You know, is there any other problems that you see? I see one, but I want to make sure I'm getting you guys in on this too.
3: I think it's important to, to understand what's going on in this conversation. This is a moment in time where you can, where you can feel free to narrate the debate as uh, Greg Coco says a lot. And you just, you just establish with the person who, with whom you're having this conversation. You just say, well, look at what's going on here. You're taking my God and you're judging him according to your standards. Mm-hmm. Whenever he says, then why does the plan sucks?' In fact, he, he ends this whole, uh, this whole thing with, like I said, the plan sucks. Well, what do you mean by it sucks? What, is, what do you mean it sucks? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What exactly, what exactly does that mean in the first place? Now, now he tries to uh, preface and, and explain himself with the with the above passages, saying um, the problem begins early. the The original plan for humankind is in Eden. So yeah. it seems it's to imply that he's blaming uh, Eden, or I'm sorry, he's blaming God for allowing Eden the capability of sinning and introducing the. um, um, the, the, the curse that, that befalls humanity, um, afterwards. But what what exactly, what exactly is he, what kind of statement is he making whenever he says something like that? Yeah. That's kind of what you need his clarity on because we don't know exactly where he's coming from and on what foundation he's using that, you know, to, to judge God with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, he's, he's going to say, I mean, in the past, he just ends up making some random moral, like arbitrary moral argument, you know, based on what he feels should be the right way. <clears throat> but, you know, that problem is for one thing, you know, is, you know, this begs the question is God's plan in Eden or is there a transcendent plan to Eden that Eden is a means of? And what is that plan? So then again, he is sitting here um, just in a few texts of scripture and not actually studying the whole of scripture. So he's going, I'm just going to focus on this and this is my case and I arrest my case. The plan sucks. But unfortunately in Psalm two, um, what does it speak of? I will tell the decree, the nation shall be your heritage. There's an eternal decree that happened in between the father and the son, because remember we have an eternal Trinity. Um, which is also a part of the whole of scripture that you need to study to understand this. So there is an actual transcendent plan and Eden is not the end of the plan. It is a means of a bigger plan, right?
2: Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is, is that, I mean, like I said, I mean, whenever you come to it with that presupposition of saying, you know, this is the view I hold of God. And then I hold your God to my standard. I mean, in the end, it basically, so many te- there's not going to be much else you can say other than to, you know, to say, listen, you know, I, I'm telling you who the God is that that I love. And I do feel like it's this plan that's in Scripture, you know, whenever he's talking about the way, you know, people have complaints about different parts about Scripture. But, you know, everything was made for Christ's purpose. It says everything was made, you know to him and through him and for him. And, you know, and so whenever you read through that, like, uh, like Proverbs 16, uh, in verse four, he says, the Lord has made everything for its own purpose, even the wicked for the day of evil. I mean, he includes yeah. every in plan. It's not an accident. He says that, you know, and so when God's doing any sort of action or allowing any sort of action, he's allowing, uh, you know, we have no idea what that what the future plan is, completely. Other than to say, we have good reason to trust that that this God is good mm-hmm. because of uh, for for any number of reasons. But we look at that and we say, it's all a part of His plan. You know, and so so I don't know. I sort of I tend to just take it on the chin there. If somebody starts to you know take swings like this a lot of time, and I just say, this is who who it is that I. I believe is good. And you can say you dislike him, but I see the reasons, um, in most of his actions, maybe not all of them, you know, right now, but, but God does promise us that it does, um, right. That yeah. it does work out. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so we see, you know, we see the hermeneutic, um, coming right up. He says a plan is it's so obviously incompetent, that one gives credible reason for skepticism about the true abilities of this God, namely foresight. And then he goes on to say, an, all, an all-knowing God would have known his instructions were insufficient to beings without knowledge. Well, here's where you need to do expository <laughs> apologetics. Yeah. So, were they without knowledge? No. No. No you have to have knowledge to be in a covenant, don't you? You have to. Yeah. So being image, what is being image? And I know I've, I've used this um, terminology with him, so he can Google it. If he wants, he can go find the, and dig the depths of Wikipedia for information at the very minimum, and at least get something, <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. you, whatever, whatever information Bible, you know, you can, you, you can find it. Um, so for one, he's wrong. People had knowledge prior to that. They were made in God's image. God is a reasonable being. People did. You know, people are reasonable because why? They're made in the image of God. They're made in the likeness of God. God is a being. He is a reasonable being. Therefore, the creatures he made are reasonable creatures. They were made very good. And so you know, so he he goes on and says they they have they were without knowledge, and that you know apparently because you know after the fact because this happened apparently God gave insufficient instructions, but what's the hermeneutic here? We start out with in the beginning God created heavens and the earth, and then okay, so now it's a theocentric universe, but then here's where it switches, and I'm going to grab the humanistic. anthropocentric hermeneutic and say along with Adam and Eve that your plan sucks God. That's exactly what Eve was tempted with. And you're going to tell me that you're going to abolish my argumentation with doing exactly what the text says.
2: Yeah. There's also an assumption that, that I mean, I, and I've heard a lot of atheists actually say this before, you know, these people weren't, um, they didn't know what they were doing. They just simply ate a piece of fruit. What an evil God for <clears throat> judging them for such a thing! But but we're, that's making a grand assumption. Whenever mm-hmm. you read, we don't know exactly what all these people knew or what information God implanted into their brain. But it, through that, it says that they used that. One point they were taking long walks with God mm-hmm. in the cool of. The- and we find out later in scripture. And so, you know, and then God comes to find them and so forth. So in other words, like a lot has happened between when they're created and whenever they, the, the fall happens. And so whenever they go through and say, well, they, they just didn't know anything. Well, we don't know exactly what they knew, but from yeah. scripture, we look at it and say, We do know that they knew what was right and wrong and that they knew they were making a willful choice to choose the side of rebellion and autonomy and, you know, themselves over God. And and they, and, and, you know, and that's the choice any one of us would have made, you know, because of that. So that's the, I mean, that's the point that, uh, that they're, missing there they're just trying to assume well they're only a day a couple days old something like that and they're going through and saying you know these guys are just like babies they're not going to know anything but those are all assumptions they're bringing to the text instead of reading what the text says and and knowing you know
0: and so you know whenever you get that obscurity you go to other you know other parts of scripture that could explain some little detail in this and it's the fact that throughout scripture you see a holy just God. So then, if everywhere else God is holy and just, then in this situation He was just in doing what He has done. And so, you know, the means—they'll say they just ate a piece of fruit. No, you're you're confusing the means with what the action behind the means is. The the eating of the fruit was the means of disobedience, but the disobedience itself was, um, you know, you can find it in what does Satan tempt Eve with? Eve at first does correct expository apologetics or expositional apologetics. She takes the word of God and speaks it to the person. What did God say? Did God say this? No, he said I could eat of every tree, but one. So there you go. She had the expositional apologetic. She took God's word and defended it against not God's word right there. So you see, see that in play. But then he goes, Oh, he didn't say that. You you won't surely die, and then he can completely contradicts God's word, and then and then he feeds her this false gospel, really, um, this false hope, and then she believes it, and then she goes through the mental like so. She has mental capacity to be able to judge something from the other and compare. So there's mental capacity there, and it seemingly it takes a second here to go. Well, you know, do I trust God? Do I not trust God? And this comes from the presupposition of the Bible, which is, you know, instead of, you know, God never, God didn't make Adam and then go, I want you to find out if I'm true or not. Hmm. The The presupposition of scripture is that God is who he has revealed himself to be and you believe that or else you are in absurdity. And so this is exactly yeah, what we find they're, they're my nice. buddy doing is he's doing the same thing as Eve. No, that's not what the text says. That's not what... No, no, no. I believe it's this. And because it's against your Bible, because I really don't want that God to exist. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which
1: is... Which is my clarity is why, Adam, uh, if I may, clarity is...
3: Big denominator in any conversation like this that you have with a with a, an atheist friend, a Satanist friend,
4: mm-hmm.
3: or, or even or even past Christians. The thing is, the problem I see in a lot of um, atheism is that they're coming from a blotched understanding of what Christianity is in the first place. We hear we hear often something like, "Oh, you're Christian, so
1: you believe in some some magical sky gods, and sky wizard that you know." Um, problem whenever you encounter uh, people like this because, again, they come from botched
3: understandings and um, how, how they come to these understandings is totally innocuous uh, but it's, at, at the end of the day it comes from a false understanding of who God is. For instance, the, the Satan had to convince Eve um, that, that so it's, it's a clear example of her using her mental capacity Disease, um to, to decide if she's either going to go with um, god's word or if she's going to go against it, and that's a it's, a it's a clear example of that
0: yeah yeah continuing on the uh conversation with uh Yizo on here um let me get my document back here um but he he, he, he you know and here, here's the big thing he the, he has an understanding. So um, I think in a, uh, in a part of the conversation on another thing I posted uh, the past couple of days, um, he's telling me that I'm reverse engineering things. And I'm like, no, you're misrepresenting my position. You can delude yourself all you want and tell, you what, tell yourself what you think uh, my position is, despite what I have to say. But you know, here we start with God and we work. We start with, in the beginning, God, and then we work forward and dealing with his revelation and act out of the revelation versus going like, well, this biblical God matches what I have come to the conclusions of myself of what a God should be. And so this is exactly what he's doing. He's the one that's actually doing the reverse engineering here. He says, because he says, an all-knowing God would not have allowed such an obvious plot against him and his creatures to play out against his plan. Or worse, this was always the plan. Humankind has always meant for suffering and humankind's fall from Eden was never our fault. And so then the rest of this is a cover story with resp-
1: Jesus Christ. Yo, f- go for it. And my my response to that is always how do you know? How do you know? Yeah. Uh,
3: I mean obviously there are other ways to i say but the first one I always like to ask is how do you know that that an all loving God wouldn't allow this to happen?
4: Yeah,
0: yeah. How
3: did you come to that
1: conclusion?
0: Yeah, and yeah. so then it begs the question I mean, of the reasoning. I mean, I,
1: yeah. Exactly, exactly. And so you end up with in, in either
2: way, I mean, you know, looking at God in your in your own in your own way and saying he needs to fit my standard. And like I said, I mean you start off with this is my view of what the best God would be, and say, Well, then that shouldn't be now the way God sees it is he says everything. Even, I mean, he's talking about like in Colossians uh, 1.15, he's, he, he's talking about him being the in, image of the invisible God and so forth. And then he says, for by him, all things were created both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him he is before all things and in him all things hold together. And yeah. so anyway, he goes through it and whatever he's going through there, it's really interesting what it says that he lists out there because we look at all the world and we say, okay, these governments are not good. We look at, uh, but he says he, you know, he says he created everything including thrones, dominions, mm-hmm. rulers and authorities. And God knows he's going to, to use every bit of that what I couldn't see, just like the worst act in all of human history when Christ died on the cross, no one could look at that and say, what a grand act. But, but God does tell us that, that whenever, that through that, salvation is made possible For his elect. And so whatever you go through that and you look and you say, yes, that was the most beautiful thing that could have ever happened, even though it was also simultaneously the ugliest, most gruesome thing that could have ever happened.
0: Yeah. And I mean, that's the gospel. So we're, you know, we're, we're starting at the fall here, right? We're starting at the fall. And we and we're trying to say an all-knowing God wouldn't do this plot and and have this uh, plot against him and stuff like that. But here is the thing about it: you have two uh, sides of here history, history—the very beginning and the middle—and we're waiting for the end here. Um, but um, you know, Acts two. Whenever uh, Peter is in his sermon after Pentecost, he says, fellow Israelites, listen to these words. This Jesus of Nazareth was a man attested to you by God with miracles, wonders, and signs that God did among you through him. As you yourselves know, though he was delivered up according to God's determined plan and foreknowledge, you used lawless people to nail him to a cross and kill him. God raised him up ending the pains of death because it was not possible for him to be held by death. So in the same situation here, you have different, you have the same principles, different situation, the wrath of God and grace of God coming yeah. together, seemingly paradoxical. It is not whenever you understand the sovereignty of God and, and, and all those things and secondary causes and stuff. But so basically where, what is the end of man and how it cannot, you know, it's the whole problem of compatibilism which is very interesting because he says as a materialist and naturalist we've talked about free will before and he said that he's a compatible a compatibilist and i still i again the question is well how do you know compatibilism is true other than just reasoning that you don't you're not living in an an illusion of choice and having free will like it actually is real you're just pretending it's real because you feel it's real but, you know, so that, you know, this is very, um, years of just confusing talk from him that I try to speak into, but, you know, basically, you know, I, all, all I can, all I can believe from scripture is that he has not heard Christ's voice because he hasn't come to Christ. And, uh, you know, at me as a means, I'm sitting here just going, I will give him scripture and deal with them until the cows come home. And hopefully, you know, he will be whatever happens it might be me it might be somebody else but i'll see him come into the knowledge of christ and i'll i would love to be the first in line to welcome him and not say i told you so but say welcome brother that is my um compassion for him that's what i want that's why i still continue to deal with it um but you know that's just the thing is is he doesn't understand that the end of man here is not the end of man wasn't to rebel <clears throat> though um, they they had, by their choice, rebelled and enslaved themselves to sin, and it's by the unilateral work of God that saves people, you know? So there's a lot of context here that he, he is not brought into the party, which makes it very hard to talk to him. And so, you know, that being said, you know, switching gears from the conversation, you know, now that we have this sort of context, um, I want to talk about expository apologetics, and I know you said, uh, Tristan, you, you have read a book about six months ago, right? called expository apologetics
1: yeah, I, yes i have yes what'd you yeah, uh, I, what'd you I, think I, of it
2: i thought Vodibach, i thought his treatment of it was really good i mean I, I i feel like it was more of a holistic view of of how to incorporate um scriptural apologetics throughout all of life i mean he's like perspective but i think the what he's teaching is supposed to be something that we can use all the time just to be able to um, try to try to have regular conversations that lead that direction all the time. And he's saying, you know, you don't go around trying to have intellectual um, discussions all the time, but the point is to be, like that's what, you know, his turning point was whenever he mentions about, you know, somebody who actually showed concern and, 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 Helped him answer some questions whenever he was a football player way back when. And yeah, I, I do remember those story. And, and you know, so I I I enjoyed the book. I thought it was very. It's very easy, very easy, quick read.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And so I have it right here, um, showing it to you. This is body Bacham Jr. Um, in his uh, book Expository Apologetics. This is like the second time I've shown it on video because I was in a chat with some uh, fellow core cohort ministry members, and they were talking about. Uh, certain stuff and asking if, uh, you know, utilizing creeds and stuff like that was important in our, um, you know, our study in our conversations with people and stuff. And I said, heck yeah. And I ran out of the room, my bedroom to this room to grab the book, to run over there and be like, here's a book, get into it, you know? Um, but the, the cool point about expository apologetics, it's something that we do anyway. Right. So with, before you even read the book, you're probably going to find out, you know, when you read the book, I've been doing that, right? I don't know if you had the same sort of attitude toward that.
1: Yeah, yeah. And in, and in fact, that's exactly how I like to do um, discipleship is I use the uh, Westminster uh, or actually the, the 1689
2: is what I is what I generally use because. It goes through every piece step by step. So whenever you're reading through there, I'd rather use that. And and even if it takes a little while, there's the the modern English version. I think is really good. Yeah, and it and he details every single step, and so you don't really miss anything. You get into tons of wonderful conversations. But you can use those things in apologetics too, like uh, like Modi is is saying. And so it's like if you build that in as <clears throat> as you're developing someone's uh christian walk that hey here's a great source along with the bible to help you have the right context for it then as they are having conversations with people perhaps i'll say you know what i know where god talks about you know these issues you know um let's let's look at a good summary of it in uh you know 1689 or something and, yeah. and go to the scriptures that talks about so
1: yeah and i haven't i haven't
3: read the book either but I haven't read the book yet, but what I do know about expositional apologetics is um it, it works wonders. The glory is you have to remind yourself why you're doing apologetics in the first place. Yeah. You're doing doing it is because you want to breach or You want because uh, personally you are responsible uh for that person's soul, at least at least for that duration of time that that you have this opportunity um to disciple to them. So the, the reason we're doing apologetics in the first place is to get to the gospel. That, that's the whole mission. Yeah. And the glory of expository apologetics, expositional apologetics, whichever, is that it's a shortcut there. Yeah, and
0: yeah. That, that, that's what I'm Yeah, and so, you know, from the book, you know, the definition of it, you know, expository is the application of principles of biblical exposition to the art and science of apologetics. And, you know, just kind of the... Uh, the held, uh, just simple definition of apologetics uh, that Dave and I um, utilize is Scott Oliphant from his book Covenantal Apologetics, is just applying biblical truth to unbelief. And so that's what I like about what you said, uh, Tristan, is the fact that, you know, like we're, we were talking to somebody that is not in church, somebody that you wouldn't de- describe as a disciple of Christ, um, but you know you talked about talk, like you're talking to people and utilizing this and and uh and not necessarily even to your knowledge with the term anyway you were doing this in discipleship and understanding that in discipleship you were utilizing apologetics and so you know so on the other side of this yeah. you know this is where we get told you know oh you're bringing the bible into this well unfortunately for a lot of people you know they don't like that but this is a definitely if you read the book vadi bakum is on the pre train and so this is just what i like to call a facet of the presuppositional apologetic you you know this is like the foundational um you know most of the time whenever you're talking to uh, unbelief at any level and as somebody that wants to call themselves christian or call themselves a Satanist. Uh, whatever um, they can call themselves, whatever they want. We all have belief at certain levels and that's what scripture is for. And then again, whenever you are in defense mode of defending what scripture says, you know, expositionally, like we did tonight, um, just going through, you know, what does the Bible say? Here's what you're missing. Um, you're not taking it, the, the whole of scripture together. So you need to do expositing of scripture. You need a sermon, that's why it's hard for me to do something on Facebook is because whenever I get asked questions, it seems like I have to write an 800-page book to satisfy the person. And I know already that they're not going to be satisfied even if I was a doctor because they, have been, they haven't been satisfied by anything else that's been out there in the mainstream already. It's they hate the gospel. Where's the gospel located? It's located in the scriptures. And so we've got to do this expositionally. We've got to know um, what we're talking about, what we believe why we believe it, where we read it, so that we can be like, wait, you know, you you don't know the story, you know, you, you might have watched Veggie Tales once, but you didn't get all the details, and then you're going off what we believe is what Veggie Tales taught. That's not everything.
1: Yeah. and I do,
2: I do think it's really important that that um, if. You know, it is hard to have, especially if you know somebody is is strong in their stance that I'm an atheist. I I believe this. Most of them won't admit that they're an atheist and they make you have a different conversation before you can get to a conversation. But but if you know somebody is is an atheist and they don't want to, you know, really have those kind of conversations. I think one thing that's a problem is that whenever. You know, on Facebook, and I really do believe that people, you know, need the personal connection in order to be able to find out. Because honestly, you know, even if you know just a little bit about somebody's story, but if you talk to them, okay, you know, once you start dealing with, hey, how did you get the position that you hold now? And a lot of times you'll find it's something other than that. And a lot of, time, I mean, we all know no one comes to Christ without the Holy Spirit. Yeah. But we also know that people didn't reject reject the gospel you know just on their own because they don't like how it sounds people reject the gospel because you know it it goes against every single thing in their being and so you have to kind of find out what what is your belief based in and how do you get to that and so so at some point you know you hope that that all the conversations lead to you know this is why we trust god and here's where where it is but but Really, the Facebook interactions are so hard because people. Um, I, in fact, I I try not to do it much unless it's just to have uh, some discussion. Because really, I I really think it's a it's hard to have a real connection on Facebook. Other yeah. than other than just kind of defending versus back and forth, you know. Yeah. But, um, but
0: you know, it's I even. I, I
2: think I've got to engage with. That's what got to do, but.
0: Yeah. And we're even experiencing, you know, just with all this whole thing going on that we're, we're, we're utilizing um, video conversations more. And even though you still see the person, it's really hard. Uh, Luckily, it was awesome to have a conversation with my community group. And I still felt that uh, emotional tie. Um, and when we were talking to each other, I could tell that we were, we were in sync with each other, even though we were over video in our own homes. Um, and it wasn't like the normal gathering, um, whenever we get together and eat and, uh, you know, we, we, uh, get to hug each other. We get to, you know, you know, have the sm- same smells in the room together and go through those, those sort of things, but we still have that connection, but still you're not going to get that connection. Um, that you get whenever somebody, you know, cause you can still run and hide, um, being in front of people and being right next to people talking. You can't really run and hide without some extra heightened, um, I guess, uh, thoughts of fear of man issues. I guess you could say, um, there's less fear of man behind a computer. Um, and then there's maybe a little bit less, you know, a little bit less fear of man behind a video camera or whatever. Um, than you do whenever you are actually in front of the person. But anyway, you know, we, but the the big point um, that we need to be making is uh, with these conversations that come up, um, most of it is going to actually, instead of talking about the irreducible complexity of the eye, talking about, you know, hey, you need a beginning. You know, the universe had a beginning, and then you have people talking about, is it a static universe or not a static universe, and get in all that science and stuff. We need to get off that, and we need to get on to Christ, who is our wisdom. In our knowledge, he is where all that is stored in. He is the revelation of the one true God. And so why aren't you giving them that? Why are you giving them the eye? Why are you giving them fossils? And all that kind of stuff. Whenever you can give them Christ, and if they don't want Christ, they don't want Christ. And you are not the one that's going to save them. Only the Holy Spirit is. You're the means. What is the means to that? It's the gospel. So how is your apologetic need to look? And what do you need to do? And in this situation, it's easily figured out. This person just doesn't know the story, and how can you take that story, how this was not a sucky plan, and then bring it into Christ? Remember, God, God had all the means already taken care of from the very beginning of the fall here, and it's the same sort of principles that go into the story of the gospel and Jesus Christ that comprehended all the means, all the myriads of decisions of men coming to a screeching halt at that situation, killing Christ for our good. And, and so that's, that's the same sort of thing. So this, this is not a plan that failed. It's just not the plan that you're, it's, you're not looking for the right plan. And the thing is, I've told uh, this, you know, his name's Elias. I've see, seen him in the past. I've told him in the past, the God that you think I believe in does not exist. Therefore, you're, not looking, for, you're, you're looking for the wrong God. So, I agree with you that God doesn't exist. And so, you know, just looking for yeah. those things. Yeah. Do you know the God of scriptures? Get in the scriptures, study them expositionally. Go to a church that preaches the scriptures expositionally so that you know, you know, the themes, that you know, narrative, that you know, literal. Like literally literal since that word doesn't mean anything anymore um and then figurative metaphor like you know get get those kind of things and uh you know most of your apologetic is going to be spent in what does the bible say anyway because this person doesn't actually know and then you can talk about those things and uh stuff like that so um but the cool thing is is about expositional apologetics just the cool three little things he says you know they're about being biblical easily remembered and conversational and that's where we do most of our heavy lifting is in those everyday conversations um so um you know that's what i like about expository apologetics i'm glad Vadi put a term on it so that we can actually uh talk about it instead of just it's just some, something that's going on, but we can actually discuss the something that's going on and go, what is expository apologetics? How am I doing it? Putting a name on something always makes something, um, you know, it makes it known and it makes it easier, especially to catch yourself. Am I expositing scripture or am I not? And, uh, and you can check yourself with that. But, uh, you know, guys... Um, Just sort of to conclude the podcast, you know, um, just any more thoughts that you have on this situation that you would speak into?
1: Yeah, for, for me, as far as expository apologetics goes, it should be, it should be the one thing
3: even a, even a new, uh, Christian should know, even Mm -hmm. a beginner Christian. Um, it should be the one thing that even as you're, as you're learning, uh, you, you may not know, uh, Classical apologetics, or presuppositional apologetics, or anything like that, but even your even your baby Christian, uh, as it were, is is should be able to give give an explanation for what they believe, and they can point in scripture and say, "Here's why I believe what I believe," and this is what and this is what makes a good um, argument as, as to the situation of say again the problem the problem of evil. Or that in the garden, and my other point is uh, just to bring it back to to the conversation. This will be the last point I make. Um, I like that you, um, you you cited the 1689 about the confession of faith,
4: mm-hmm.
3: and um, I, I just wanted to note that his his last was just after after you made all the points, you just his response was merely so. Plan A failed, God failed. We're on Plan B. Yeah, and that doesn't seem like an improvement to me. Yeah. So when you have that kind of conversation and he, and he walked away almost unbothered mentally and spiritually, um, it, it, can be, it can be discouraging. But when I, when I see something like that, I want to say what you did in this, in this discussion was actually pretty smart. I thought it was a, a good utilization of expository apologetics. And I, I do think the reason he keeps coming back. It's because he he does feel at least a little um tested, and i I don't know i I'm optimistic that he's someone whose heart we can work on,
0: yeah, and that's what I pray for. I pray for him constantly, yeah,
1: and
2: <laughs> amen, and that's that's exactly the thing <clears throat> whenever we have conversations with people a lot of times um you know we don't take them straight to these uh straight to verses and not because we don't think that' that's- there's value in that, but a lot of times, you know, in order for them to be able to explain to our to our listeners who they are, how they got to believe what they believe. Now, we don't believe that they can reason their way to belief, or we don't believe that anybody could ever um, do that. You know, but just like this guy, if this guy ever were to come to faith in Christ, he's a going to have to learn the information about what is the truth about the scripture. What yeah. does the scripture actually say that I'm accepting? Projecting. you know they have to have the as, the, as they call the noticia part of it you got to have the knowledge part of saying what what the actual story is in order for them to accept it at all <clears throat> and so and but the truth is like you know when they're honest questions and, I, and i'll be honest with you i don't know and, and if these are honest questions that he's asking because they sound more like um, the types of things that he's saying aren't questions; they're statements, and he's making a statement of fact of saying the Bible is this, and I reject that, and he's mischaracterizing it, and so forth. So, my thing is, I think, I think a lot of times I don't think that he's actually trying to engage with it. I think it looks to me like, like I think he's just rejecting it, and and in that case, you know, all you can do is give them the scripture. You know, yeah. but a lot of times, some people, you know, that aren't hard, strong atheists, new atheists that are, um, that are going to reject everything and only, you know, you know, accuse God or something like that. You know, those people, you know, if they have a question, I'd like to give them an honest answer, but not every person is in that same situation. I'm looking for the type of person who's looking for me, somebody who wants to have the conversation. So I'm going to talk to them about it. And if they feel like, you know, if they look, it appears to me they don't understand the story, you know, I'm going to explain to them what the, what actual theology says and so forth like that. If, you know, if they say, actually, well, my dad used to be a pastor and I hate church. Well, that's going to lead me down a totally different direction of how yeah. the conversation needs. I already have heard the gospel a few dozen times and they rejected it every time. At this point, you need to find out, well, what was the problem? Well, I hated my dad because he 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 didn't show me any attention and said he went to church with all his time. Yeah. Well, that's not something that the that's not something that you can fix just by saying, you know, here's this. The gospel could do anything. I mean, you can share share the word with him, you know, every single day, and God could, you know, just change his mind completely. And so we should pray for them. But I really think a lot of these times you got to figure out, okay, so where is this person coming from, and you know, you know, how is the, what's the best way that I can minister to this person um, that's not a that's not yet a believer and um so i it's almost per discussion um and and what kind of person am i talking to and are they taking seriously the things i'm saying or are they just throwing insults yeah and, and i don't know what this guy's condition is that's just uh yes
0: yeah yeah So, but you know, just when it comes to this, I mean, this could be a very discouraging uh, form of apologetics. I mean, when you think about it, presuppositionalism gets attacked by a lot of folks. So even, even inside the camp, we get uh, shots fired at us from our own people um but the big thing to understand is especially when you're doing expository apologetics whenever you are just sticking with scripture and saying scripture says this like we said tonight you're making assumptions that you cannot get from the scriptures sorry kind of a thing um you know they're still not going to like it um but you can just remember whenever Christ sent him, sent out the disciples he said you can go to that town if they don't receive you have your peace return back to you and go so it's okay you're okay. You've yeah. done nothing wrong yeah. at all. And so, who are you going to please? Are you are you wanting this person to believe to build yourself up? Are you wanting this person to believe because you've made that guy an idol in your life that you have to have to give to God and if you don't have it, then you've displeased God. Um well, then you're you're the one that needs the gospel expositionally applied to you in that sense. Um, but from scripture, we can see that you are just a means to preach you? the gospel. I don't know. Did you lose me? Hello.
2: No, you're back. You're oh, back. Okay, it cool. Went off for a minute. Okay,
0: sorry about that. But anyway, you know, just uh, peace returning to you. Um, believe in that. Believe Christ. Don't believe yourself in this situation. If you are so tied up into, I can't get this person to believe, and it's like you don't get this person to believe. Christ's voice does. And uh, if he if he uses you as a means, as a means, and you get to see that that's life right. go from death to life, that's amazing. Bring them into your church and uh, love them and enjoy it and uh, praise God for the opportunity. But also. If they don't, if somebody else, you you planted somebody else's waters, right? So we just need to believe God. He has clearly spoken about this stuff, and so we can believe God like Adam and Eve should have believed God at the very beginning. Um, but at the same time, God took all of this, placed it on Christ, and was going to give us everything in Christ um whenever he comes again and we can enjoy it now as the body of christ um as as, so you know are you going to be satisfied by what god wants you to be satisfied with or are you unsatisfied and then either way expository apologetics has to happen it's either got to happen to you or somebody else so um get into the scriptures dig in you guys that have extra time you know study 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 form habits of that right now especially in those in these dark times to where we really need to lean heavy on god's providence um more than we ever have in the past so you know and that comes from somebody that has to lean on god's providence <laughs> so i can i can uh encourage you in that that yeah. i I'm, yeah. I'm i'm stuck in this time of rejoicing. and i'm glad that you guys are still working and that you've been deemed essential enough i guess to work <laughs> <laughs>
2: Hey, uh, we somehow. somehow. Oh yeah, every. Yeah. I guess people still need stainless sinks and stuff.
0: Yeah. So yeah, they don't, uh, haircuts aren't essential, no. so I don't work, but you know, I'm utilizing this time because I have hope in the gospel because I have ministry things to do because I've got a good church that I'm plugged into and, and able to serve. And then they serve me by feeding me ideas like, Hey, you've got time. Is this interest to you? You know, here's something that you can do. Um, that, that looks like it's in line with what you'd like to do. And I go, sweet. Thank you. Thank you for the ideas. You know, we can't just do this individually, um, but we do this in community. And even though it's hard to have community right now, community still happens. We just have to be intentional about it. So um, I hope this program, is right. it, it's encouraged me. Um, thank you guys again, uh, Tristan and, and Kristen, for coming on the podcast. Make sure you guys go out and uh, get on your phones that you're already on right now. Look up the uh, Apple or whatever, CastBox, Spotify, whatever you're on, and search for The Real, R-E-A-L-L, The Real Real Podcast um, with these two guys. And they're, it looks like they're, you guys are posting up on Monday mornings, right? That's
1: correct. Yeah.
0: Okay, so once a week, you know, an hour or two of your time devoted to what these guys do, and it's pretty cool what they've had so far. And it's very fledgling and very young, but they're doing. You guys are doing a really good job, and uh, it sounds clean. It's awesome, and you guys have some really good ideas. So, um, one of those ideas. Um, what's your guys' favorite color? <laughs> uh, Blue
1: is strange. Blue is yeah. Yeah, bluish gray. We, you know, oh, to be honest with you, we, uh, bluish gray. <laughs>
4: yeah,
2: we we will have, uh, if anybody knows who he is, we're, we're just scheduled to have Greg Kokel on the show, um, okay. next week. Eighteen. Sweet deal. Um, on the 18th. So, so, uh, if anybody, yeah, if anybody wants to check that out? I mean, he wrote the book Tactics and, and, uh, that's, you
3: know, that's been the, that's been the key tool that we've been using this whole time, so.
0: yeah Yeah. cool cool rock and roll well guys yeah download that get on that episode and listen uh next week they've got a few already um so you can catch up pretty quick unlike us because i think we have like 127 episodes now so take a longer to get from the very beginning to tonight but you can start in with these guys and catch (laughs) up and keep up with them if you start right now so um yeah, so this is a uh, guess. Uh, I'm going to end the podcast, but yeah, warts and all, technical difficulties and all, and everything. I think is definitely an awesome podcast. I'm encouraged by it. I hope you guys are encouraged by it. But anyway, um, with the Tag You're It podcast, I'm Ray Ray, and we've got Tristan and Christen, or Tristan, uh, every time it's like real, real Tristan. Tristan. So the real podcast, <laughs> <laughs> Tristan and Christian. Um, so <laughs> with that said. Well, let's finish the show. You guys know how to do it, so I'll start it out. You finish it. Solely. Deo. Gloria. Yeah. yeah.